Welcome back to the Sports Beat KC podcast. This is Jesse Newell, KUB reporter for the Kansas City Star. I'm joined once again this week by Blair Kirkhoff, columnist extraordinaire. Blair, how you doing? Doing great, Jesse. Doing great. Hope you are too, bud. Uh, I'm doing good, and obviously KU football is doing very well as well this week following a 31-7 victory over Central Michigan. Uh, Blair, before we get into any details about the game, I think we want to start exactly like we started last week because I know these are kind of data points and there's been some interesting things to talk about the overall game, but there's kind of another thing that is being that is happening at the same time kind of over the top, which is the big picture of this Kansas football program. So I know you wrote a column afterwards about, hey, this is a great step for David Beatty, but it's time to keep it going uh, over the weekend. So I guess what do you think that this means for KU football to get this victory and I guess what needs to happen moving forward? forward first of all i thought it was a uh for them to break the 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 losing streak the 46 game true road losing streak i guess 49 games if you throw in the three neutral site uh, contest yeah i was being nice to him yeah which was was (laughs) nice it was very nice yeah of you to do that um it's, it's a it's a fantastic thing happy as heck that it happened just because uh, not not so much for the fans or even the coaching staff, but for the players themselves. Those are the one the, the guys that kind of um, have to feel it every day. And that was one of the things that I, what I thought about when I was writing. You know, the day after you know you you covered the game was, um, you know, if anybody's ever been associated with a team that that didn't have success, you just know how. You know, People play sports for the love of the game and and for the and love of sports. They do it because they just they just enjoy doing it. But when you lose um, pretty regularly, and then you know, in the case of Kansas football, you lose almost exclusively. Um, it, it's it's not it's not fun. And I, I wonder about players like Joe Deneen and, and the seniors who have been through this program for so long. How much you know? Just just how much hurt they felt. Uh, on, a, on a daily basis through this program and and to see the the video that you took you know them coming off the field and then the the Kansas produced video of them coming into the locker room um I, I just smiled I did I, I smiled because um for those for those athletes those student athletes who um who have had to endure so much um and and uh, and put up with a lot in their years there the, the fans can tune out and, and, and fans should tune out if they don't get the product that they're paying for but the players can't do that so uh, happiest for them in, in this and um and, we'll, and then we'll see if they can keep it going yeah i, I think the two people you talk about yeah joe Deneen and daniel wise and i just think back to last year after every game, you know, Joe Dean had his typical 13, 14, whatever tackles, and he would be left to speak for the program and, and why the program was struggling. And so you know, I made it down to the field, to the sideline for the end of the game to get that video and to kind of take in the scene and everything. And Katie Lonergan, who's the uh, KU Sports Information Director, you know, she goes up on the sideline to players. And by that time, it was 31-7, so the game was decided and the starters had been out, all those sorts of things. And I saw her walk up to Joe Deneen and basically say, hey, you know, we, we need you for the post game. Be sure to come out and talk to reporters. And he said to her, he goes, that's just fine after this one. And you could just see a big smile. <laughs> and he actually turned around as he said it, and he saw me. And he actually he pointed to me on the sideline kind of like, I'm going to come talk to you after this one. You know, it's, it's, it's been a long time coming, but I'm finally going to be able to talk to you 
after something good happened with the football program. And Deneen especially, you know, Lawrence kid, I think his it was grandpa worked played for Fog Allen. His dad played for or his mom or dad played for KU and as part of their athletic programs. He's got a Jayhawk tattoo on him. I mean, I've I've written about this before, but like if you're talking about somebody who bleeds KU and also somebody who had a chance of graduate transfer, you know, he graduated uh, before this season right. started, could have gone somewhere and won, could have gone somewhere and been productive and, and had a few more wins. For him to stick it out and stay here and believe that there were going to be moments like there were Saturday and then for them to happen, uh, that's what makes you feel best about it, I think, if you're a KU fan, is that that guy who didn't have to be or who didn't have to stick it out, who saw so many dark days, finally got to celebrate in a road locker room, and that's kind of a cool thing. Yeah, it was, and, and for at least a week, and, and maybe now more, they're not the butt of national jokes. You know, they're it's, it's not... Um, uh, as as they have been throughout, I, mean, I don't know, count however many number of years. Um, just um, you know, the, the definition of college football futility, and uh, and they don't have to wear that now. Um, I, look, there'll be some, you know, there'll be some, um, you know, some snickering about uh, you know Rutgers and Kansas meeting up uh, this weekend. Two programs that have been you know really on uh, have really felt the hard luck. But um, this is actually a game Kansas should be playing and Rutgers should be playing. It's, it, as it turns out, with smart scheduling, you know, and I know this was scheduled several years ago. Kansas already played at Rutgers, but um, uh, just this, these are teams. This is a, a terrific matchup. Uh, and a game that absolutely should be played. Yeah, I went back to the archives, Blair. I don't know if you saw this on my uh, just first preview, first look at KU Rutgers. This game was scheduled in 2012 as a home at home, and you, do you remember why? I, what Charlie Weiss wasn't it? Didn't, didn't Charlie want to go back to New Jersey? Charlie Weiss wanted to go back to New Jersey. That's exactly what it was. And it was funny. I, I pulled out the quote from the release in there of Charlie talking, and he said, uh, "The very last time was something like, I only, the only thing I'm worried about is how many tickets I'm going to have to get.' And of course, that was something <laughs> that Charlie didn't have to worry about because he didn't make it to the, uh, the KU Rutgers <laughs> game in New Jersey in 2015. That actually was part of David Beatty's first season." Right, how about that? Um, but I, I do remember it was it was Charlie, and and at the time I can't remember exactly where Rutgers was in terms of their their, their football fortunes, but Kansas had already started down their their road to futility. It had been at that point what three years since they'd won a road game, and uh, who knew then it was it was going to it was going to be this bad. I I, I want to say you might you might know this that didn't didn't Kansas. Somewhere in the same within a year or so, is also schedule home and home with Illinois, and um, and and I wondered what if that's a game that has been or a series that has disappeared from future schedules, or are they still going to face each other at some point? And because based on where Illinois is, that's another game that probably should happen. Yeah, I, I think it was canceled, but I'd have to do a real quick checkup on it. But uh, yeah, I, I agree with you though on the Rutgers point, which is basically that you know then there might be the jokes or whatever. But these two teams find themselves very similar spot in the Power Five rankings. I remember uh, you know kind of just in the scheme of things, I, I remember looking at a a, a Vegas uh, future odds to win uh, the conference, and I think it was. 300 or 400 to 1 KU was to win the Big 12 and at 300 or 400 to 1 Rutgers was to win the Big 10 so uh, this actually is a good matchup for both schools because uh, as you know two teams enter one team must win and wow Kansas football could get to 2 and 1 and getting to 2 and 1 is a big deal Blair I know after that nickel state loss and that was really disappointing but um, for them to get to 2 and 1 and they have not won consecutive road games since do you know this do you know this stat Blair Oh my gosh well it have to be 
that would have to be the either the Orange Bowl year, right? 07? Uh, I don't think KU's won consecutive games, period, since 2011 uh, is the oh, stat. So okay. seven straight years. Yeah, I'm sorry, did I say road games? Yeah, just consecutive yeah. games for Kansas. So, I mean, we're talking about a win streak. Uh, just a yeah, win streak for Kansas. It's been uh, seven years in the making just because uh, – and that's including non-conference, that's including everything. And so it, it's pretty amazing for this team to – if they were able to just get to two and one because uh, those two in a row don't, don't happen very often. So, you know, you know, Rutgers did in its first game what I expected Kansas to do, maybe not to the extent that, that Rutgers did it. They, they handled what Texas State, I believe um, – and I thought, oh, you know, that's I was, I was expecting a Kansas victory in in the, in the opening game. Um, the the only outcome that's been, you know, th- that's been somewhat unexpected, really, among the four games that the teams have combined to play, was the margin of KU's victory on Saturday. I mean, we all we all thought Ohio State was the better team uh, when, when they met Rutgers last weekend, uh, but but for Kansas to win as convincingly as it did uh, to dominate the game, uh, pretty much that was the you know, that, that, that to me was uh, uh, the, the, would be the one surprise between these two teams as you're trying to look for some clues about how to kind of break it down and handicap th- this this game. Um, but, you know, Rutgers was just, just horrible at, at Columbus. And, um, and, and I, I, I read the coach's quotes afterwards, and um, he, was, um, uh, he, he felt like he was kind of embarrassed by the way it, it unfolded. I think Ohio State scored on five of their – first six possessions and Rutgers was three and out on five of their first six and it was just a mismatch from the from, from the get-go not that it wouldn't have been with a lot of teams Kansas against Ohio State would likely have been the similar mismatch but um, you wonder where you know you, you wonder what the emotional state of both teams is right now you know Kansas again like you said I mean they dealing with a victory and you know we, we think practice is going to be upbeat this week and they're going to feel good about themselves um and, and Rutgers, no reason to feel really good about themselves after after last week. And I think sometimes that motivates team and, and gets a uh, focus uh, sharpens their focus when when they um, you know when, when they go in. And I, if I'm the Rutgers coaching staff, I'm you know I'm showing a lot of film of KU successful KU um, uh, this week and, and say this is a team we've got to we've got to prepare for. And it's you know it may have seemed like a, an easy W before the season, but uh, it's not that way anymore. Yeah, if you look at it, Blair, it's kind of crazy because KU is completely flipped from last week. You know, it was Central Michigan was the team that had the competitive road game against Kentucky and feeling decent about itself, and KU had no reason to feel good after an overtime loss against Nichols at home, you know, FCS opponent. So then you flip it. You know, KU overwhelms Central Michigan on the road, wins its first game in 46 tries. Rutgers, no reason to feel good. You get completely drubbed on the road by Ohio State. Uh, so, yeah, it, it is kind of a, a weird turn of fortune here for KU because nobody was picking KU last week except for me <laughs> and maybe a couple other people. You, you did. We, we talked about it, and you, went, you out and out picked them, not just to cover but to win. And I, I told you to jump on the bandwagon, but you just got to listen to me. You, you did. No, but you, you, I know you sensed something, and, you, you know, because you're, you know, you follow the program on a daily basis. You, you were able to sense something that, um, that people who don't have to you know, follow the program w- w- was not able to do. And I, I'll tell you what, I did think it was interesting. The line fell from uh, Kansas was a five point underdog or five or six when the week started. And they came off, was it three at kickoff? Or three. Something like yeah. That? So, uh-huh. so there was, 
that 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 idea was building during the week. That um, it, and and I, the the more I heard people talk about it, I mean, people from outside of this area talking about the possibility of a Kansas win. I, I the chatter was picking up late in the week, and I thought, yeah, yeah, Jesse Jesse knows something. He's he's onto something, and you must have just had a you had a good sense of, of, of that game. <laughs> well, uh, the biggest thing is to try not overreact to week one, as easy as that is. But I, I will say this in can- for Kansas this week. We talk about dealing with expectations, dealing about uh, dealing with a fan base that believes maybe you should win. You know, if you're a three-point favorite at mm-hmm. home against Rutgers, KU did not handle that well against Nickel State. You know, KU was in, what, eight to 12-point favorite in that game, depending on the line you looked at, and lost that game. And that right. was the only game where this whole season fans were absolutely going to expect them to win. So how will they come out this week? I think that's an unanswered question. Another thing in my mind, though, Blair, right now is um, I, I want to see a third sample with this Kansas defense because – I don't know. This defense might be really good. I, I, it's it's crazy to say, and it's. But you just talked about five three and outs on the first six possessions for Rutgers. KU's yeah. defense on Saturday in Central Michigan, five three and outs on the first six first half possessions, and then in the second half came away with five turnovers. Now I know the turnovers going to be fluky, amazing. and and that's that's something that maybe will come and go between games. But I'm telling you, this Kansas defense under Clint Bowen. Uh, there might be something there, and the offense still. I think there's a lot to be worried about. I mean, the offensive line is still not all shaken out, and they're still rotating quarterbacks. And Peyton Mender has been okay, but not a, a super flashy, you know, not not a Todd Reesing light or anything like that. So I think there's still major questions on the f- offensive side. But man, if this defense continues to look like this with some of the improvements and some of the reinforcements they brought in this year, maybe KU can stay in some of these Big Twelve games. We're not giving them the chance with. Well, and that's if, if this is going to continue to be true, that this if the defense is going to be the strong suit of this team, then I've I've believed all along that that that's the way to to rebuild in the Big Twelve or to, or to start from scratch in the Big Twelve is to build on the defensive side of the ball and and um, and, and then and then find pieces on on offense, you know somehow somehow sign a Puka Williams, you know uh, you know offer him the starting job as a freshman, but that. That you know, schools maybe recruiting above Kansas wouldn't be able to do. Um, and and if, if, look, if, if this if this is true, and, and look, you mentioned it, and it's important to note that turnovers are something that are great to you know, takeaways are great to have. You can't count on them week to week. I mean, it's just you know, teams that get behind have to throw the ball a little bit more, and, and they put themselves in a position to turn it for more. And but but um, you know, the, I think it's more significant what happened in the first half defensively for Kansas than what happened in the second half and um and, and that is a that is something to pay attention to if this defense can you know can can can, can growl a little bit um then then, then maybe it's got a chance in in some of these uh, big 12 games that uh, were that has not been the case in previous years yeah it's one thing too defensively to take aim another opponent and get a bunch of turnovers get a bunch of giveaways but KU so far only has one giveaway of its own and this has just been an absolute bugaboo under David Beatty in his first three seasons. You know, last year they were negative 17 in turnover differential. Uh, It seemed like there was some bad luck associated with that. If you look at some of the advanced stats, some of the underlying numbers, but still, right now, KU plus six in turnover margin, tied for first in the nation. So um, that is, you know, you always hear, this is the Phil Steele kind of cliche that he always uses every year. Turnovers equals turnaround. Turnovers equals yep. turnaround, and uh, S- Bill Connolly's SB or of SB Nation has done some great stats. Basically, every turnover 
is worth about five points uh, in the grand scheme of things. So when you win a turnover battle 6 nothing against Central Michigan and win the game 31-7, to well, <laughs> that's how you won the game. You know what I mean? That's how Kansas won that game is that they were able to not turn over on their end, get turnovers on the other end. And like I said, the offense did enough. Not great, but the defense was so overwhelming that uh, definitely gave them a chance in the end and, and, and helped them to this 24-point victory. Before we go, Blair, though, I, I do want to go ahead and get us on record for Rutgers. Uh, overall thoughts for this game and how you feel about Kansas's chances. And then I guess just real quickly, um, with Jeff Long in the program and David Bate in his, his standing with the program, how you feel about him and them after a win and how you feel about him and them after a potential loss. You know, um, I'm going to uh, I'm, I'm going with Rutgers this week, uh, and I, I I don't have a great I don't have a great feeling about it. It's just that I I, I do like the way Kansas won Saturday. It wasn't a fluky thing, and and uh, it was very convincing. And how does anybody like Rutgers after what happened last Saturday to to the Scarlet Knights? But I don't know. I just I think Rutgers is farther along than than Kansas. I imagine. From from one to ninety on the roster, there's just more talent at, at Rutgers than there is at Kansas. And I'm gonna uh, I'm gonna project a, a a Rutgers victory, a close one, one that's not going to be terribly discouraging. Although I, you know, if Kansas is favorite, I guess any loss is going to be discouraging. But a competitive loss for Kansas uh, in, in this one. Um, I, the, the 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 point I wanted to make earlier this week in that column was that the best thing that could that could happen for David Beatty is to make it really difficult for Jeff Long to fire him. And the only, the only way that happens is if David Beatty exceeds expectations and, and, uh, and, and whatever, and whatever Jeff, whatever those are in the mind of Jeff Long. And maybe it, maybe Jeff has a number three, four, five, six wins. Maybe it's full eligibility. I, I, I don't know, but certainly it was a good sign. And, uh, and, and look, if, if maybe if Booker Williams had, had played in the opening game, uh, Kansas, Despite playing poorly and losing that game, might have might have won, and we're talking about a two and O team perhaps going um, you know and, and going into Rutgers. So um, that, that's kind of where I am with the ability. I, I don't think that this changes the status in, in the mind of, of, of Jeff Long, except that it, it adds it adds a victory to his his ledger and makes him what four and uh, four and thirty four is that right? As a career record at KU, and that is a under, under under any circumstance, even in this week of celebration, an unacceptable record, and it's going to have to be um, better. Um, it's not, it can't. It's impossible for it to be much better, but it's going to have to be, you know, better on a percentage basis. I think for Kansas not to have a new football coach next season. Yeah, I, I agree with you there. I, and you're kind of taking the Jesse method here. You're not overreacting to one week's results. You're taking Rutgers, sticking with them. <laughs> and here I am probably going to go against the Jesse method. I, I picked 31-28 in the preseason, and I've, I've stuck with kind of my preseason uh, score predictions or at least win predictions uh, through the first two weeks. So I think I'm going to take KU in a close one. And uh, I, I agree with you on all your points, and I'm not sure how KU is going to handle success in football because it hasn't happened that often but like I said I think these two teams are pretty equal KU at home might give them that little three-point edge when you're talking about with Vegas I see this being about a three-point game uh, either way or one possession game either way I don't think this is going to get out of hand but uh, yeah I'm probably a little bit lower on the score prediction than I thought originally because I think KU's 
goal right now offensively is to play pretty conservative and not give it over, and I think they're waiting on the defense to make some plays. And so we'll see if Clint Bowen's unit can, can do that again for a second straight week and produce a second straight victory. Like I said, it's been a long, long time, seven years, since we could talk about two consecutive victories for Kansas. Well, and, and I hope for KU's sake that, that, that last week's uh, outcome sells some tickets uh, for this week. And, and there's a little bit more of an atmosphere in, in, uh, in Memorial Stadium. I, I, that would help. And, and look, uh, again, I go kind of to circle back where we started. I, I think that um, these players kind of deserve a little bit more support. And, uh, and they, maybe, maybe that'll show itself this weekend. Yeah, Todd Reeson going up in the Ring of Honor as well. So that will be a cause for celebration too. So I'm sure that Jeff Long, David Beatty, all those, all those people would love to see a big crowd in Memorial Stadium, not only for the players and to kind of help uh, help them celebrate a victory last week, but to try to get another win this week and then also celebrate one of the greatest Jayhawks, football players especially of all time. For Blair, this is Jesse. We're going to sign off for the Sports Beat KC podcast. Be sure to tune in for another episode next week.